Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, campers and new listeners, to the uh, next episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast. Today, uh, Mike, I will be your host. I've got Rich with me. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We're actually hanging out in a really cool space right now, doing an interview with Faisal Hassan. He is the uh, co-founder of Black Ice Esports, and Faisal's got a bunch of experience in uh, esports stuff, over a decade's worth, uh, and, and if you're looking for some cool facts, he's a uh, champion at uh, FIFA. It kind of just destroys everybody. Looks like you won a tournament at Mystic Lake. Was that the, um, was that level up or power up? I remember which player up, player up. Player up. So it looks like you won the uh, the championship FIFA tournaments for player up. That's crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was great because there was a lot of competition there, and uh, Minnesota United has a esports team as well, and their pros showed up and they didn't get the trophy. So it was kind of nice to take it down there. <laughs> nice, taking on <laughs> stick the... it to them. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little bit of a intro on what is Black Ice? So Black Ice has been founded. A few months ago, uh, before that, we were MN Elite Gamers. Uh, we were doing events in the Twin Cities in the last two years or so, since 2017, September. And uh, we have been uh, trying to get bigger and better and uh, getting a plan together of what we want to do in the community. Um, Black Ice is all about building the community, training the esports players, having a community space for the people that want to game have a space where they can enjoy gaming and meet people that enjoy the same things. And also Black Ice will be a part of uh, a lot of charities. So we'll be raising a lot of money for local charities that are around the area. And uh, our goal is to be the best place where you go to game. I mean, so we're broadcasting right now from inside the Black Ice space, and I can tell you firsthand that it actually is really impressive actually you got quite the cool area going on over here so if you could like you know because we don't really have a video or anything like that kind of describe about what we have going on around us here sure um so this is our first location and our first go at esports and looking through what we have here today we have 34 pcs that are ready for people to game and there's an arena space as well where when we have our events and tournaments it will be broadcasted from there um we also have stream rigs that we'll be broadcasting uh, all around the country through Facebook Live and Twitch through our channel. Um, the space itself is a uh, 24-hour access for our members. So just for this location, if folks get memberships, they can come here when they want to. And I know gamers are lazy. And true, <laughs> yeah, very much. From so. from personal experience, that's very true. <laughs> and yeah. we want them to have the ability to come game when they want to. And we don't want them to be limited by business hours. And I know gamers don't like business hours because they just wake up when they want to and show up and game when they want to. So we want to create that space and also a safe space where it's members only so no one else can come in. You get a key card. You can come in and enjoy gaming. And you can sign into your own account. You can also bring your own stuff if you wanted to. We'll have space for that. And we have PlayStations as well. So uh, they have PlayStation Plus on them. So if you're looking to game online... Uh, we have that ability as well, and uh, we have one gig up and down, so nice. wow. it's super fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. In I the mean, corner there, it looks like I see some Nintendo Switches too. So yes, got, uh, so our, Switches, PS4s, and PCs. Yes, nice. uh, the Switches have uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate and Mario Kart on them. So we do host events uh, every other weekend as things are 
looking up, hopefully, around here. And uh, our plan is to host uh, events every weekend that will be dedicated to specific games. Um, that way, folks can plan ahead and they can register online through our website, which is in the works and should be up and running soon. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, uh, what sort of like, uh, if you're going to be having these kinds of events every weekend, like, are you going to be setting up kind of like a like a regular rotation of these different games and you're kind of... Yeah, so our initial plan is to have MOBA days that they'll be on the weekends, uh, then FPS days, which will have Call of Duty and most likely Fortnite in there in the mix as well. And then we'll have sports weekends where you have 2K, NBA, uh, Madden, and FIFA. So we want to start with those and then see how it kind of goes and pans out. And then we'll have those Nintendo Switch days where you play Mario Kart tournaments and Smash Bros. Ultimate. And we do have a group that helps us with Smash Melee. So they'll be helping us out as well uh, doing those. So it'll be four different weekends, different things happening. Or it could be a Saturday or a Sunday on the same every two weekends that's awesome yeah all right cool and then yeah you're gonna have like a calendar of all these events you yes know, on your website and all that website and our facebook page should both uh, be synced together so that way folks know when and where it's happening and mostly going to be here because now we finally have a space which we lacked in the past and carrying all these monitors around oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah all right yeah <laughs> so it'll be nice to kind of have a home base for our players and our team yeah, I think that will really help you guys build like a community of people and looking at the space that you can tell that's kind of what you're trying to do here is just make sure that, you know, with your comments of that it is restricted access, you know, it's a membership, um, that you've got a real setup for people that are truly passionate in this and it's not going to be people coming in and out that are not, um, you know, someone that would potentially fit into this community and that's really cool. Um, my biggest question so far is how are you going to unlock all of those Smash Melee characters? So, <laughs> like, how does that work out? Because there's a lot. So I actually took a switch from the other day, and I, I was going at it for three, four hours, and I was thinking, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but then we have a bunch of people in our team that are playing Smash all the time, so I would probably end up giving it to them, and they'll be playing before the event happens oh, cool. and unlock everything. And uh Right now we have 16 people in our team, and we can talk in detail about the team later on. Sure. The line. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, 16 folks that we have right now in our team that kind of serves different purposes as we're trying to build a space. And what sort of purposes? Like just a couple of examples, like what do you uh, got going on? Yeah. So for our technical team, uh, we have two tech leads. One of them's on the broadcast side of things, so he helps out with broadcasting, and he has another partner that does the... Uh, overlays and the graphics for our stream and uh, all that stuff and then we have another tech lead that kind of works on the hardware software of all the PCs and making sure everything's set up uh, getting the uh, the switches ready network switches ready so that uh, they're pulling in enough speed so all those kind of st those are like two examples mm -hmm. um, and then uh, also within the team we have an esports manager that kind of scouts players around the Twin Cities and also like nationwide. So we're trying to build an esports team for each game that we have. So right now we have five games, Street Fighter, Tekken, Call of Duty, FIFA, and then uh, League of Legends for now and Fortnite. Okay. So we have a few players in that space. So they're also part of the team. So they have specific roles of performing at a certain level so that they can keep their contracts. And... Uh, yeah, and then we have a media marketing co content creator, so he kind of leads our website and also our uh, social media posts. 
So I mean, so as far as like building out these uh, these esports teams, you're you're planning on um, giving this as a space for them to like both practice and as a place to compete as well. Um, what uh, besides the people who are really into esports and stuff like that, what what can you offer with Black Ice for people who are maybe not necessarily really into esports or something like that? Right. So there's there's a bunch of aspects of this space, right? So the esports team is performing at a really high level, mm-hmm. and they're focused on winning, winning, winning every weekend. Mm-hmm. And there's folks that just want to game and hang out. That's why we have the membership piece where you can come here whenever you want. You don't have to be geared towards esports you can just enjoy any game you want when you want and you can meet people that are within the community uh, that plays the same type of games and you can hang out here so that's what we provide and also another aspect of it is the academy we're, we're working on that piece so most of our players uh, have to coach a certain number of hours so that they they can learn the game better and uh understand the aspects of the game so and that helps build the community as well and raising awareness of esports in the twin cities as well will be a big part of uh, our effort as well so the academy the membership the esports team those are like the three aspects that we're working on that's awesome i mean so how do you th- uh, as in terms of like education and stuff like that like how is black ice planning on providing um education to the broader you know, community, the of bigger Minnesota. gaming, you know, the people that are not quite in esports, but maybe they have an interest in it or they've heard about it and they want to get more right. information. Are you going to be doing like scheduled events or something like that? Like workshops or like, like what sort of stuff? Yeah. So we'll definitely do workshops and boot camps for certain games and then bringing high level education of what esports is. Cause uh, I know there's a lot of parents that want their children to join teams or learn the game and things like that. So we would have boot camps where, uh, folks can join and learn about esports like the history of gaming mm-hmm. uh, what is esports um how what is competitive gaming i know a lot of folks just think gaming is just a leisure time thing and you don't really get anything out of it like having those aspects out there as well and having our coaches kind of portray what we get through gaming right we it's an escape like you enjoy gaming because it takes you away from the real world and you're having a great time doing it. So having those aspects uh, flushed out through those classes and uh, the academy will also allow players to compete through esports. So they'll have a way or a path to the team if they do perform on a certain level. So that way our pros are also on the edge where their seats are not guaranteed. Right. I mean, I think yeah, you touched on a you know a really good point that gaming, especially esports, kind of has a little bit of a like. I've been seeing that kind of decay, but it still has a little bit of a stigma that's like, oh, this is kind of something that you just do as a time sink. But not you know, a lot of people don't realize that esports. I mean, is growing into a point where you know, as a kid in high school or something like that, you can earn your way to playing at like a collegiate level and actually getting scholarships and things like that to play for specific universities. You know, that's becoming a far more common thing than it was even just a couple of years ago. Two questions that are kind of around that that collegiate level. Um, one is, is there an age limit to your memberships? Is it like 18 plus or are you guys looking for 16? What is your kind of like uh, range for membership? So we'll have a few tiers of membership. Uh, t- if you're 21 plus, you have the 24-hour access. And if you're under 21 but over 18, then you can be here till like 10 p.m. Okay. 
Um, and then if you're under that age, uh, under 18, then you would be able to be here during weekdays, Monday through Friday, and during events as well. And uh, that should kind of segregate folks to a point where they don't, they don't feel unsafe when sure. they're here. And if they, if they are under 18, they can have a guardian or a parent that can be with them. They can be allowed to be here. Okay, cool. So that they've got that, uh, you know, the parents can actually kind of see what they're actually doing too. Exactly. Um, especially, does that work for the academy too? I know maybe you don't have all the details for that yet, but um, what's your starting age for that? So the so academy. Like up and coming, you know, high school kids or whatever, uh -huh. you know, if, they, if they've got a place to go that they can't quite go to a college level yet, is that something you guys are offering? Yeah, so the academy will be open to all basically, and anyone can join. There'll be classes that we will provide where folks can come in and learn it, learn together. Um, our coaches, I'll, I'll touch on it that a little bit later. Um, so coaches don't necessarily have to be the best players in the game. That's the stigma that we have in esports that we think that a great player will be a great coach. And any other sport that you see today, uh, it's not the case. The best coaches in the world in sports, they're probably not the greatest players. They're just great managers. They, they know how to manage teams and, uh, how to teach players how to grow. So that's something that we want to touch on as well, and that will help us grow the community as a whole. Sure. I think that kind of gets into my second question enough to answer that. I was just going to see, you know, when it does come to the 18 and older crowd, how would you guys differentiate yourself from those colleges that are going to be trying recruiting the same kinds of people instead of having them going to what I think, uh, oh, what was that university that I just read about? Um, I want to say it was St. Thomas that is starting something, but I feel like that's not right. UFM has a full ride as well for top esports players in League of Legends, but not other games at the moment, I think. Okay. So your guys' is maybe like a broader base of games will probably help yeah. with some of that. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest goal is to start, and uh, what we are starting with is flow contracts where you're basically paid your winnings and we just support you with your entry f entry fee so even though it's not sustainable at the, at the beginning but that's how you get to the top tier because sure. you're trying to get to the next level and when you're at the top tier that's when you're going to make a lot of money and that's that's where we want to help people get to right like building a partnership and that community aspect versus you know just trying to get people in and yeah push out that uh, profit thing so yeah, yeah that's cool yeah, and the biggest problem with esports right now is 95% of the revenue is based off of sponsorships. And mm -hmm. if you don't perform well, you don't get anything. So our goal is to create a sustainable model here where the team supports the community as well as the community supports the team, where you take the membership of this place so it's sustainable. It's not like we're depending on some sponsor to pay us over X amount of months so that we can we don't go under. So that's our biggest goal as well here, to create a sustainable model where the community is building the team instead of like, taking outside money to be sustainable. Cool. I mean, like, so how are you planning on doing, um, so you have, you know, the physical presence, you know, of your community here. What were you planning on doing as far as a more virtual presence? Are you going to be doing, like, a lot of live stream hosting, like hosting some of your community members or something like that? Or uh, how are you going to expand your, your virtual presence to a broader community if you if you right. want? Right. So that's another aspect of the business where we'll have an online membership as well mm -hmm. that will provide uh, levels of membership where if you're a member through X amount of months, there'll be a customer journey of 
hey, you're a member for six months, you get a hoodie and like a signed controller from like a pro player or nice. with a Black Ice logo on your controller, things like that. So the virtual space, we're still working on the products there and uh, it'll be flushed out soon enough before we have our website up and running. And they'll have X amount of hours with coaches that they can train with online as well. So they don't necessarily have to be here to train with them. They can be somewhere in California and say they need a FIFA coach here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they will connect with our coaches and they'll give them specific time. And they can also book uh, ex- extra hours if they need special need special help to get better. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I think uh, being able to... Besides, you know, having like that virtual presence, I think what you're after here is really, really powerful because I think there is kind of a degree of separation between, you know, a lot of like esports teams and then a lot of their fans that kind of support them. I mean, they'll go out to like, you know, you can go to like the League of Legends World Finals and things like that and support your teams through LCS or whatever. But yeah, like not on this sort of level, like, you know, Black Ice will be able to engage directly with, you know, a large portion of the community that supports it, especially if they're kind of like a, a homegrown team here in Minnesota. A lot of the Minnesota community can kind of gather here mm-hmm. and, you know, pay tribute to them and, you know, support them. Not only just that, but be able, of course, to like game and hang out and this you know, that, I think that's a really, really interesting and very unique idea, and I think that be it's going to be really, really successful. Actually, you know, because building the community is really um, a fundamental piece, I think, to esports. Um, the community around it is really what keeps the esport alive. Absolutely, and we've seen that from you know going all the way back. I mean, this is why you know StarCraft is still played. You know, that community mm-hmm. is still existing, and that they support it wholesale. So I think that's going to be really crucial you know to to keeping this up and running and keeping the community happy so looking at um competitive scenes here in minnesota and elsewhere um for something like call of duty or league of legends are you guys planning on setting up kind of the community for those tournaments or are you hoping to get like the black ice teams into things like the cod league or into lcs and things like that where what's the direction you guys want to go with like your your team so our goal is to be the best in what we do, right? And the biggest challenge now is with all these huge teams with millions of dollars competing in huge leagues, especially like the Call of Duty League right now. Um, it's challenging. At the same time, there are players out there that are not being scouted properly, I think, and the scouting piece is missing in esports. And there's only a few folks that are really good at And we just got uh, someone in our team that... Uh, has been recruiting for Red Bull for a while, and he's helping us uh, create some teams that uh, will compete in the local scene and slowly try to get better and uh, add more recruits where we can compete on a higher level. But our goal is the small steps, right? We want to get to a certain level, but we don't want it tomorrow. Right. We want to be able to give the players time to learn, get better, and be able to compete on a higher level. So, yeah, our goal is to go as high as possible, but... We don't want to crush people's dreams either and want to make sure that they're on a level where they're learning and not getting demotivated by losing certain games. It's fantastic. I mean, that's you've covered a lot of the questions that I <laughs> like. You ripped through a lot of those questions already. <laughs> yeah, your, your you're answers crushed. were pretty, uh, yeah, you were pretty, very, pretty in-depth and pretty very, good here. Yeah, very, very um, so what answers. What made you guys choose the, the games that you chose to do? So things like, um, I didn't hear you mention, uh, like Splatoon. 
or um, Overwatch or anything like that? What What are the reasons you guys chose like COD or FIFA, FIFA even? Yeah. So as we as we talked about uh, at the beginning, the background of uh, Black Ice and Minnesota Elite Gamers was like the first pioneer in the Twin Cities to do their first FIFA tournament. There were a bunch of FIFA tournaments before, and myself being a FIFA enthusiast in the past, uh, we have a huge following in FIFA in the area, and we get at least 20 to 30 people in every tournament that we do. So we wanted to focus on FIFA a little bit more because we wanted to support our community that's already out there, which I, I would think would not be nice if we didn't. And uh, also... Overwatch is another game that's very niche, so it's hard to kind of focus on uh, just that because at this point in Minneapolis, uh, most of the games that are being played is on the top of the list. The fighting games are out there too, Tekken, Street Fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Street Fighter 3. The old man games are very popular, 2D fighting, so we're, we're doing those. Um, Call of Duty is very popular in the Twin Cities, so we want to make sure that we have that in our list, and uh, and our roster is going to keep growing. So it's not like we're limited. Sure, to. yeah, just the uh, the initial set of games yeah. as mm-hmm. to what was the point behind those. So the biggest point of that was to have focus at the beginning, so that we start building teams within certain games, and then as we have a more comfortable team that's flowing and doing well, and then we add more games and start scouting there. Because right now we have only one or two scouts, and we look to add more. So that way we can focus on the other games as well. Sure. And so as this expands, I mean, what is your criteria going to be for adding more games in the future? What are you going to kind of look for? So we will look at the attendance of uh, the tournaments that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try to experiment with uh, what games are popular here um, and try to focus on that. And since it's a gl- global scale effort for us to be, uh, we'll be recruiting other places too. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, you're from Minnesota, you can only join Black Ice. No, it's, you can mm-hmm. still join if you're not here. So yeah. we want to have that opportunity elsewhere too. Okay. Um, so how do you get like a, like, I'm guessing, you know, moving forward, you're going to be using the uh, the home base here as a way to kind of gauge the pulse of what people are kind of interested in. But outside of that, you know, how do you gauge where the interest is going as far as Minnesota in terms of esports? Like what's... What is the esport that everyone's kind of going to? How do you get the pulse of that? Yeah, so going to local events always helps. And we've been partnering with a lot of uh, local cons, uh, hosting tournaments and events. So we get to see the numbers of uh, entrants in different games in those events. And we try to focus on uh, what's best, right? If there's lack of numbers in certain games, we try not to focus on those because if people don't show up, there's no point staffing a tournament for one person or two two people that show right. up. I mean, we still want to support the community by having the games here, but at the same time, when it's a tournament, it's a bigger effort. Um, we have to get tournament organizers. We would have to run the tournament, um, having it on the website and setting those rules. So it takes a lot of time. So getting to those events is like the first step that we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and as well as uh, reading local gaming news where uh, what, what events are happening, what tournaments are popular. So... We, all of us in our team are pretty much gamers, except for one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to like look for tips and tricks that are around the corner, like to understand, hey, this is the game that's hot right now, especially Call of Duty League in Minnesota. Uh, with the Vikings team owning that team, yep. helps it grow a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, what your thoughts were about you know the uh, the Vikings owner picking up 
and having Rocker, you know, being yeah. in the, the college. Not only league. like it being the Vikings owner, but, you know, Gary Vanyerchuk is part of that whole scheme, too. And he's a, a global name. So just yeah. adding that to esports is probably going to influence you know, a lot. Influence a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Minnesota Rocker, they spent a ton of money compared to us. Yeah. They're huge. So what we can do is pick up the pieces, you know, going to events, getting those players that are being ignored or neglected and picking them up and helping them grow because our point is to build the community as well as the team Mm -hmm. so this kind of helps us as well as well as the players Um, for instance we went to the player up event uh, a few weeks ago and uh, there was a few players in call of duty that weren't supposed to win and they just crushed through until they got fourth place which is insane for them because nobody knew about them it's just a group of friends and one of the players is our fortnite player and he's really good, and we had the rocker uh, scouts uh, hanging out there and told them to keep their hands off of him. <laughs> <laughs> now there's going to be some competition little, between yeah, you two say, now. Some yeah, healthy competition. <clears throat> yeah. So we're the underdog, right? So David versus Goliath. So if we can do something, that will be great, you know. And if not, we're okay because we're trying to grow, and we're not going to get crushed by someone that says that's spending millions of dollars. But but us, right? We're not there yet right i mean because yeah at the end of the day i mean you can pump as much money as you want into a player but if they're not going to perform or yeah you know exactly when it when the time comes then yeah it doesn't mean much anymore um so you were you've been operating under um you know mn elite gamers for a while i mean what would you say is like the biggest lesson that you've learned from running mn elite gamers and something that you're kind of carrying forward with black ice um, the biggest thing is not giving up. Um, it's a good one. There was a lot of times I felt like, why am I doing this? Because we didn't make any money doing anything. It's just spending money, buying things so that the community can grow and uh, giving people a space where they can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes it was cold as hell outside and I'm carrying all these monitors into my small car and <laughs> getting to events <laughs> in the snow. So yeah, those days are special like i i think you should not give up on your dreams and what you're trying to build like you have to be consistent on what you do you don't build something overnight or people saying that one overnight success it it happens sometimes one you win the lottery too sometimes right so but for consistency and hard work will pay off for the community because the community will always support you and other people will see that you're doing something that you love and they want to support that as well so yeah, not giving up and working hard, as hard as you can is probably what I will keep with myself. Right. As they say, you know, the path to success is paved with failures. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to fail. Like we failed miserably certain times. Like we did events uh, during Thanksgiving weekends. People showed up, but not a lot. But we learned something from it that, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this or not. Because not everyone has their families close by and they need something to go to. Or an event where they can game not by themselves so that helped those guys so they were happy hey you know like thanks for hosting this and uh, i didn't have anywhere else to go so i came here so those are people that are going to stick with you through the long haul too like if you, get, if you get groups like that that are like oh wow these guys were you know they didn't i don't know they didn't charge us anything or they were just there to hang out with us and this just turned out to be you know a great event either way so those are the kind of people that definitely stick through and will support an adventure like this so absolutely 
So, I mean, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I mean, going even farther back behind, you know, MN Elite Gamers, like what was kind of the inception of all this idea? Like what what made you, you know, kind of click and be like, you know what, this is something I want to do. Like, <laughs> It's a funny story, actually. So Riaz is like another co-founder. We founded it together and we're, we've been good friends since college. Uh, one day we were on the phone and we were just talking about video games and how much crap we have and <laughs> that we don't use often so we just talked about hey why don't we just start a event company or try to do something in the esports space or the gaming space and i talked to talked about this with a lot of people and not everyone was on board uh he was like one of the ones that were like screw it let's do it you know like what's we can learn something out of it and yeah. we can have a lot of fun doing it and yeah like we did it and now we're here today but during that time, it was just us two grinding every weekend, getting events through, doing social media marketing, uh, learning about it while we were doing it, because I had no idea what that meant <laughs> before that. Sure. So, yeah, it, that's how it started, pretty much. Uh, we just talked about it on the phone, and two weekends later was our first launch event. Uh, we did uh, an event for FIFA 18 that was coming out during that time, and we invited a lot of people that enjoys FIFA and also Minnesota United came through um, they didn't want to do any events with us because they had no idea who we were so I had to call them like 20 or 30 times <laughs> until we got to someone that we can talk to this about nice but yeah it worked out you know like just got to keep going and that's what uh, Riaz and I strive for like we we work hard and we want to make sure that people get an experience that they'll come back for yeah, um, hey, I'm. I'd be. Uh, I'd be more than interested to be a part of this community because it seems pretty. Like, this is pretty cool stuff, man. Uh, I mean, like, what sort of? So, you know, a lot of this is centered around esports and all that. And you've played a bit of esports yourself. Um, you know, what kind of drove you into the passion of esports? You know, at some point there must have been a, you know, kind of like a tipping point of you're like, yeah, like I, I love competing. This is something I want to do. Yeah. So I've always uh, loved competing when I was younger. Like I. I used to play cricket. Uh, it's a small sport that's not very popular in the States. It's growing, though. <laughs> I've been hearing that it's growing. Yeah, yeah. So I used to play a lot, and uh, I used to captain my team. So I've, I'm used to like managing people since I was young. Um, also having the winning mentality of not giving up and keep trying, even though you're losing or what, what have you. And then I played soccer competitively uh, when I was in school. And then college, I kind of gave up and... That's where I started to game a little bit more. Uh, and I saw FIFA was something that I really enjoyed. And Pro Evolution Soccer was another one. And uh, I was always on the top tier during that time in 2009, 10, around those years. And I always thought it would be nice to compete. And I, I, I missed that feeling of winning with a team. So I didn't ha get that. But yeah. I was still getting the feeling of winning by myself, which is still good enough. Um, that's why I started competing in FIFA locally. I'm not the best, but in Minnesota I was decent, and now I'm not that good anymore because I don't have as much time. But you're operating a really fundamental business to building a community. I mean, yeah, understandable, I think. Yeah, but I can hold my own, I think. Uh, one of our pros that won the tournament last uh, last time, so we played on stream during our last uh, <laughs> nice. time. It, w it was a fun time. and Who I won? Was, he did, but I couldn't finish because I haven't played in a while, so I kept missing chances. But it was a close game. Nice. Yeah. So that that's kind of why I, I just really enjoy the competitiveness of gaming and in general, like winning and doing something 
and getting something out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting uh, dynamic that you kind of bring up because I remember, you know, the from my pathway through esports, you know, I remember back when I was playing StarCraft II and having to shoulder the whole responsibility of, you know, the win is kind of on you when you're playing a 1v1 against an opponent. And you have no one, you know, at that point, you have no one to blame but yourself kind of a thing. But then, yeah, when you get that win, it feels pretty satisfying. But then switching over and playing like League of Legends or Halo or Counter-Strike or something like that, when you're winning as a whole squad, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a unbelievable feeling when you kind of pull off like a clutch move and then your whole team is like yes like that was so good dude absolutely yeah you know that's that's a very interesting dynamic between that um so i mean what uh so you said you know fifa was kind of your your foray into esports then yeah so that's where i started and then uh there was a group of guys i played dota with and Mm -hmm. we became really good friends after that's cool which is weird but we're still good friends it's amazing (laughs) through gaming sure and Dota was huge in esports when I first started. Oh, yeah. We love Dota, and we've lost like 10 games in a row before going to bed, and we had to win one last game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you show up to work looking like a raccoon. Yeah. But it was it was fun because we got that win, and you just keep going because you just love the game so much, and you want to win as a team. And it's satisfying when, like you said, like a move comes off as a team, and it's it's all about teamwork and trying yeah. to figure that out. So yeah, that was another end for me as well to esports. Have you ever? Uh, so you've participated in a few tournaments, kind of here locally. Have you ever participated in anything abroad or anything else in the states? Or uh, no, n- nowhere else. Okay. Mostly online. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of really good places to do like on. Like I'm sure you participate in like ladders and stuff like that online and yeah, all that good stuff. So Ultimate Team is like the competitive FIFA. Okay. And uh, I've played that for a while, but. As I transitioned from Pro Evolution Soccer to FIFA, so it took me some time to get used to the game. Mm-hmm. Even though they're both soccer games, they're totally different sure. feel to it. So I wasn't as good in FIFA for like almost five years. But uh, Pro Evolution was not being played as often, so I figured I should transition over. That was mostly how I got into it. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, because, you know... I'm pretty I'm pretty far away, you know, removed from um, a lot of sports-related games. A lot of the stuff I play is a lot like, you know, I was really big into Halo, and between, you know, Halo 2 and 3 isn't super different, but yeah, like, that skill kind of carries over. I never would have thought of, like, yeah, if you played, like, a sports game and they kind of fundamentally change how things work, like, it's almost like learning, like, a completely new game. Yeah. That's very, that's really interesting. I never would have thought about that. Do you got anything? Yeah, like, no, I, haven't I, gonna, from, I, gonna, I haven't heard from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> no, I feel no, like I'm kind of. It was a really good conversation there. I didn't want to oh, jump in because I, sure. I I don't know much about FIFA. I actually every time that I try to play it, I can never even figure out how to shoot a goal. Like try to <laughs> score a goal. The, the controller scheme it just never made sense to me. But um, what I was going to ask is, you know, you're talking about building a community and some of the things that are around. If there are, you know, other groups that are like, hey, we're like 20 guys that like to do esports, but we don't have a place. Would you partner with them for like one-time events and things like that? Is that also on your radar? Or are you yeah, guys kind absolutely. Of just kind of like cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're open to anything at this point because we're trying to get a feel of the community and what the community needs, and we'll adjust our strategy based off of that. Because we're here to build the community, right? We don't want them to feel like, hey, this is a business, and we're here to in it for to make money. We're not selling food or alcohol or soda. Like our goal is to sell memberships and sell space that appeals to the community and it could be a group of people it could be one person and we want them to have that space and be able to express themselves 
Sure. Uh, you guys were talking or earlier. We were talking about the different games that you guys are, you know, kind of looking at doing. Um, so for like the the PC gaming here, can somebody who's got you know, let's say GeForce Now or Stadia or something like that, can they come in and bring their accounts and start playing here? Say they have you know they're rural and have crappy internet or something. Absolutely, yeah. So they can sign into their accounts if they want to in our PCs. Also, we'll have open stations where they can plug in their PC if they wanted to. Uh, we have extra keyboards and mice laying around. Not laying around, but <laughs> we can we can provide those if they need. Cool. So I'm kind of curious. I mean, just so I come from a kind of a background of like doing LAN parties and stuff like that. Are you allowed to use the rest of that space? Like, say you wanted to have like a larger, you know, a really large event for like you know a couple hundred people or something like that. Would you? Would they allow you to use this kind of space for that? So not yet, but sure. in due time, uh, our plan is to take the whole space in a mm-hmm. few months. So we just want to see how it works out for people here, uh, if they like coming here and if the area makes sense. Um, from a business standpoint, uh, we're open to moving to another location if that helps people park better, uh, commute better. We want people to come to our space. So we don't want them to be limited by our location. Um, yeah, so for now, there's 36, uh, 36 monitors with PCs and 10 or 18 PS4s, I think, right now. Um, so they can use that if they wanted to have a LAN party. But uh, if there's more people, then I'm sure we can work something out if we need to. Oh, of course. Yeah. Could you imagine like having a a guild of something like World of Warcraft in a room like this? Because yeah, that would just 40 be... 40-man raid, let's just, go. Just let's go do it. And you're all, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's like talking except for out loud through here. I think that would just be really cool to see just a large a large game like that with everybody in the same room yeah well i mean Maybe. even that's kind of turning itself into an esport too i mean everybody's you know in, in like the wow community is kind of obsessive about the uh, like the world first and sure. you know the rating scene and not just that but like you know the mythic dun- like doing mythic five-man dungeons and doing arena and stuff like that like that's kind of exploding into a big esport all on its own i mean the arena has for a long time but just recently the the rest of the stuff is becoming pretty huge as well that would be fun to have, like, you know, a whole forty-man squad ready to ready to take down BWL or something <laughs> like that. I'd be I'd be down for that. <laughs> so when you guys start hosting tournaments, right? Let's say you've got um, Call of Duty. Um, are those going to be open to the public as well to come in and watch, or is that going to be a membership thing too? Like, if you're you want to observe, you're going to have to hang out. I don't know and watch it online, or how do you guys see, you know, getting um, viewership internal instead of online only? Uh, so we'll have a bunch of TVs and we have a projector here. So if people wanted to spectate, you'll be open to public. All they need to do is uh, let us know that they're showing up and sure. we can get them at the door because it's member-only access at the beginning. But our tournaments are staffed, so they can even ring the bell and someone will get them. Cool. They just need to sign in at the door and they can come in and watch. And uh, online as well, like we'll be streaming on Black Ice Club. Uh, is our Twitch channel, and then also Facebook Live on our Black Ice Esports uh, Facebook page. Be sure to follow Black Ice Club at twitchtv.com. As well as check them out on their Facebook. We will probably have, hopefully, the uh, if we remember to do it this time, the links in our episode links in description, our description to uh, you know get to all those so that you guys can find Black Ice uh, wherever you may be listening to this. So. So besides um, just doing education in terms of esports, are you going to have like kind of other external? Because I mean, we know that there's a lot of facets to doing gaming. You know, you have development, you have streaming, you have, of course, esports. Are you going to be kind of diving into any of those other sorts of areas of gaming? Yes. So our academy space 
that we're working on, it, if we end up taking this whole space or if we move somewhere else, that will provide a location for game devs and game studios to come and develop when they're here. Right, so we we have fast internet and mm-hmm. space where they can bring their own stuff and have their office space. Because I know it's very limited in the Twin Cities. I know there's one or two places, but they're really small. What we want to provide is a membership that will allow your team to build your game here, and people can feed off of each other. And as gamers are here, then they can go test out their games and give them feedback, things like that. Or perhaps if you're a you know a budding podcast about video games, could oh, potentially. Absolutely. Utilize the space. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely have specific rooms that we want to design for podcasting and recording. So there'll be smaller sectioned out studios that uh, people can do this kind of stuff as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, because, I mean, you you learned a lot about, you know, you mentioned learning a lot about, uh, like, social media management and having an online presence and that sort of thing. Is that something that you'd be interested in, like, teaching kind of like a an, another crowd of people how to do stuff like that? Absolutely. I thought about it a lot, but then it's, I've been spending so much time on this and, like, working mm-hmm. and also going to school full time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I didn't have enough time, but now that we have this space and we can structure something that will have more of a schedule so I will know when I have to be there to teach people instead of like random times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely we'll be interested in teaching people and how to target market in social media and how to create content and how to look, create location-based ads on mobile, on uh, web, depending on what they're trying to do. That's fantastic. So are you guys also bringing in, and I think you might have said something about it either when we were talking before the cast or right at the beginning there, um, commentators and things like that. Are you yeah. guys bringing in your own crew for that? Is that going to be a, a skill that you're also looking at, you know, showing some of the, the people who may not be as interested in being the forefront of a team, but maybe, you know, they, their interest lies more in the technical skills of it so they can talk to it a little better than they play it? Absolutely. So our events that we're going to start out to do will have open slots for commentators because it's hard to talk for a really long time. Uh-huh. So we want people to come in, and since it's a community base, and we want them to grow so they can get a spot at the top commentator team that we will have eventually. So building that out over time and having people come in, and if they want to try out, we're, we're happy to let them practice their commentary skills and be here at the same time and uh, enjoy what they're doing, right? Because a lot of folks just love commentating, and if they wanted to do that, they can come and do that as well here. That's opening up a lot of opportunities for people. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys going to be hosting things like tryouts? Like a, like on the calendar events, there's going to be like an open tryout day for Smash Brothers or League or whatever it may be, just say, versus, you know, some people, if they don't have a membership, you do like an open tryout, have them come in, and you might find people that are extremely skilled. They just didn't think about, you know, is this available to me? Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely do open days where people can come in and do those and those will be posted on our calendar as well in the future. So we're working on those. Can't wait. It sounds like exciting. Yeah, you guys have got a lot to offer. It uh, This space is just super unique in itself. I love the chandeliers, um, the setup that you guys have got. This, I mean, we're in like a little lounge area just off to the side of the uh, the computers and the PlayStations. This is a, 
really interesting and cool thing to see starting to come up in the community. Well, not just, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's really important because, I mean, when we think kind of Minnesota, I mean, we don't necessarily think massive gaming community per se, but I think this is going to be a really big stepping stone into exploding gaming around the Minneapolis and even hopefully, you know, put like that, that mark on the map that's like, oh, yeah, Minnesota, Minneapolis has a really big gaming influence in this area and hopefully, you know, you're going to be at like the the forefront of it and you know yeah so at this point we have the first mover status and we want to keep building on that since no one else is trying to do what we are trying to do right because most of the businesses are either trying to sell food or other things and charging people hourly and gamers are like we said they're lazy they don't want to pay like 10 different times when they're here they just pay oh. once and they're done mm-hmm. like and it's not a hefty chunk and it would be something that's reasonable for myself if i was a gamer and since i've been doing it for a while and i know what they would be able to afford and having that space whenever you want to is just amazing to me as well like if somebody created this before five years ago i would be there every day (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we've seen a couple of uh i remember seeing a couple of um like uh gaming cafes and pc bangs and things like that kind of around in like the suburbs and area um but yeah, like the model wasn't like kind of what you're describing. A lot of it was, okay, you come in, you pay by the hour, you can buy snacks and t-shirts and things like that. And and yeah, it was really like oddly expensive for, you know, even, you know, myself is like, the last time I remember seeing something like this happen was like, I was like 15 or something like that. And this was down in Apple Valley when we lived near that area. Um, and yeah, they were charging like... 10 bucks an hour to play on a piece yeah it was absolutely (laughs) insane and yeah i mean that i mean but the the takeaway that i have from that even though the place didn't last very long the big takeaway i always remember is how much fun i had getting to know like a lot of the halo players in the local area Mm -hmm. and then being able to play in various tournaments and things like that i mean that's kind of where i got you know I kind of got my start is playing in tournaments for Halo, like the original Halo. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, that is going to be impressionable on me for, you know, until the day I die. But that's what I think is going to be really sweet about this is that, you know, as soon as you come in here, you're going to start interacting with a whole bunch, a whole host of different kinds of gamers, all who have, uh, um, could be playing the same game as you or whatever. But yeah, you're going to have some pretty memorable experiences, I think, coming out of here. We'll have merchandise as well where people can gear up with our stuff. Sweet. Uh, we're I look getting... forward to hoodies. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big hoodies fan. <laughs> yeah. So our uh, early adopters will get uh, customized shirts and hoodies uh, with their gamer tags in the back of them. Nice. So the first 20 or 50, I'm not sure yet, but I'll have a final number at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get those and uh, some extra perks for signing up early. Right on. Sweet. Cool. And if they want to be an early adopter, where would they go? So right now we're setting up our blackice.gg website. So it should be up at the end of the week, next week. Yeah. Okay. And that is cool. uh, right now we're recording on March the 17th? 14th. 14th? Yeah, it's the 14th today. Yeah, I'm, I'm a couple days ahead apparently. <laughs> Not quite St. Patrick's Day. Not quite, no. <laughs> Otherwise we'd have a couple it. of green beers here for it. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, okay, so about a week from March the 14th. Right. Cool. You got any other? I had one, and it uh, as as we started talking about some of the the merchandise and things like that, my brain just went into hoodies, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what it's going to look like." And then you said gamer tag on, and I was like, "Ooh, is that going to be on the edge of the hood?" So I just completely lost the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so it, uh, it was community based too. 
Yeah, are you going to be having a lot of interact, like uh, like any cross-pollination between, like, you know, we have Glitch, there's, you know, a couple of other different gaming organizations, you going to be hanging around with those guys? or We haven't talked to anyone yet at the moment, but yeah, our plan is to be part of the community and support the community. Mm-hmm. So we're always trying to expand our networking skills and getting to support other communities as well. Because uh, as communities, we have to support each other. Of course. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, this is kind of why we like doing stuff like this on this podcast, you know, reaching out to a bunch of different creators and, you know, people of of note for the, the gaming industry and gaming content, you know, because it's, yes, we all want to support each other, right? We all want to try and build each other everybody. up. We want to yeah. be able to get in these and, you know, join the conversations and kind of watch these things grow. And what you just said actually reminded me of where I was going to talk about. Nice. Um, so... You know, as we were growing up, like the 90s, 2000s kind of range, um, there were little pockets of things like this. But again, they were never centralized on the gaming itself. Um, like I remember that there were video game stores inside of like Blockbuster and they did esports tournaments and things like that. And they were really just trying to get that going. But because their focus wasn't on esports, it just never took off anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is something that is. Like, you know, 15-year-old Mike up to 22, before I had kids, essentially, um, this, <laughs> this would have been, like, just the perfect place to go, you know, meet new friends that are interested in the same stuff that I'm playing, um, up up my skills, because the, the best thing that I always found is when you're playing against someone that's just destroying you all the time, you get better. Yep, absolutely. So, you yep. know, really increasing that, you know. I can go online and I can play with a bunch of people that want to call me names over the internet, or I can come here and play against people. I can people call you names here. I called names in person. Yep. Um, you know, no, but then you can have conversations about it. You know, people, you'll probably grow a little more of that support versus like the negative impact that I, I hear a lot with, you know, gaming online is that if somebody does perform poorly in a match, the guy sitting across from at the other monitor can look at him and say, hey, dude, these are some things that you did, and it was mm-hmm. pretty predictable. You can change your patterns, and you just start to get better and grow. So, I mean, not only will you guys be offering that coaching, but just having them interact with each other is going to grow whatever skills they're looking to grow, and I think that is just a you know, a value add for sure. Absolutely, and, yeah, for instance, the community has options to grow in certain areas for of sports, right? So the young youngsters, they have summer leagues and stuff like that so we'll have gaming leagues as well maybe i'm not interested in sports or maybe i'm not good at sports and i want to do esports or i want to compete in a amateur league that's black ice is providing or something like that so that's what we are going to work on as well having that space where people that are interested in gaming and their parents are interested in having them here we can have that too so that's like a big part of what we're trying to do as well nice uh, so what is what is your pitch going to be to like a lot of parents to be like, look, take this take this a little seriously because I know that there's plenty of parents out there who are just like gaming, you know, kind of yeah. going full circle here. The tipping point was when uh, I forget his name that won the Fortnite tournament. Ninja? <sighs> no, or, or no. Um, I forget his name. Tfue Ninja. There's the only two that I know. I don't no. like follow. Fortnite it was like a 16 year old kid who just won like 3.1 million. Yeah, a couple million dollars from winning a Fortnite tournament. He was on wow. late That's, night talk shows and everything, yeah. and everybody was like, "What?" And yeah. it's more than what you make winning the U.S. Open and some other prestigious sport sports events. So we have to take it seriously at this point. If you don't, then you're just ignorant and not listening to what the reality is. And if this will provide an opportunity for folks to get there. Like 
not everyone makes it to the top, but having that opportunity, I think, is huge. Yeah. In this area, the same kinds of things happen with regular sports. They were looked at as, oh well, this is a game. I'm not going to do this. And exactly. now we've got football players that are asking for 18 million dollars a year. Um, so I mean, at some point, it will probably grow into those pieces. Um, so it's really neat to see somebody making that kind of money. As you guys start putting on these tournaments, are you guys going to have prizes for these things, or is it just going to be a bragging rights, bragging rights or a trophy or things like that? So for our grand opening, we have a bunch of prizes that are really cool and medals that are with Black Ice logos on them. And then every six months, we'll have those events where we'll give huge prizes and uh, also cash prizes too, and also Every month there will be smaller tournaments that will have uh, smaller prizes that are not huge, but something that they can brag about for sure. Well, I would have killed for like a medal, like just going in and playing some kind of <laughs> game against a bunch of people, and you walk away with like, hey, this is kind of cool. Like, yeah, I can show you those. We have those. Uh, we just got those in the mail yesterday. So excellent! I definitely want to see those. <laughs> yeah, really go. cool. So moving forward, I mean, we've kind of hit, I mean, over the last, say, 20 years, we've hit so many great milestones with building up esports. Where do you think the next major milestone is? I mean, we had the, yeah, like this giant Fortnite tournament that was just nationally world, or not even just that, worldwide, just sort of exposed. What do you think is kind of the next big move for esports? I think at this point, no one really understands esports as much. Uh, I think everyone's in the hype mode right now. So the next step would be kind of coming back down to earth, uh, two feet on the ground, and trying to create a model that's sustainable that can grow within the community. Because we tend to forget about the community too too much, and I think they will swing back that way, and people will start to realize that you have to build the community first before you can have an esports team. I mean, it's great that Call of Duty League is huge and whatever, but if they don't support the community, then people will be like, "Hey, this is all they do, and what are what's 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 there for me?" If I want to be part of the community, what do I ha- what do I get as mm-hmm. a fan? Yeah, I mean, and you see this coming coming in from the other way too. Is that when the uh, when the esport itself kind of collapses, the community essentially collapses with it. I mean, that's what happened with Heroes of the Storm. I mean, when Blizzard kind of cut that off, and they're like, you know what, we're not going to be doing this these esports anymore. Everyone was just super upset, and they're all like. Well, why am I playing this now? Like, I'm, there's no like end goal or anything like that. There's no one to compete with at a mm-hmm. at a larger level. I mean, it's just been kind of you know killed off, which was a you know really unfortunate. But on the flip side, yeah, like you had you know if you go through like the the history of where MLG started and how that kind of grew from you know mm-hmm. similar roots. You know, you had a bunch of people carrying in their big old TVs yeah. <laughs> and their you know gargantuan Xboxes, and it was just you know kind of rough style halo tournaments until it became you know a national phenomenon and you know household maybe not household but it was a very recognizable name i mean to the point that it is now although I, it's not as big now as it used to be but right it was another one of those giant milestones is that it's you know a large organization that's kind of moving esports along and i think um that's something that especially in our country, that's something that we need to kind of push forward for is that, you know, like more cultural acceptance because, I mean, we've seen that in, in South Korea where that's, you know, it's culturally part, it's part of the culture to be right. really invested in esports. All right. So, uh, Faisal, just uh, if you want to give us, the, uh, you know, your Twitch again, your Facebook again, let us know where we can or let our listeners know where they can find you um, or if they want to become an early adopter, those kinds of things. Yeah. So uh, our website is going to be blackice.gg. 
Um, that will be up in a week or so. And then our Twitch channel is called Black Ice Club. You can follow us and watch our live streams. And there's some archive stuff there from our soft opening you can check out. And uh, our Facebook is Black Ice Esports. Um, so if you type in Black Ice Sports, the E is smaller, so you'll see it. Somebody else stole our name before that. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're Black Ice is uh, trademarked uh, by us, so we don't have any issues with anyone. So if you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, it's Black Ice Sports. And you'll see a diamond sign with Pantone blue and the white background. Right on. Um, do you have an opening date yet that you're looking to hit? Uh, so April 1st would probably be our when our memberships start okay. uh, here. And then our grand opening is on the 21st and the 22nd, which is also in our uh, Facebook events that you can see if you wanted to show up. Um, as things are moving, we're still on for now, but if things change, we'll announce it on uh, Facebook. Perfect. Sounds good. good. Uh, I want to thank you for your time here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for showing us your space. This is uh, this is fantastic, yeah. dude. This is amazing stuff you got here. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me on your show as well. I love what you guys are doing. Thanks. Thank you. I think that about wraps it up for us. Um, so we'll see you next time around the campfire. 